Hello and welcome. I'm Father Kyle Schnuppel. I'm recording my homily for the fourth Sunday of Lent, year A, which is uh, the gospel passage is the man born blind in John's gospel. Our first reading is the election of David or the anointing of David as king by Samuel. Uh, the second reading, I didn't really look at the second reading, um, so I won't really touch on that much uh, today. I might hint at it. Um, I'm preaching over at Corpus Christi uh, this weekend, all three masses. Hope you enjoy. Um, uh, it's a long gospel, so probably a little bit shorter of a homily. In our first reading today, we have the election or the, the anointing of David as king of Israel by Samuel who is the, the great judge and prophet uh, in this inner period between Moses and the kingdom being formed. Uh, David, uh, well, David doesn't look like a king, however. After all, he's the youngest of a bunch of sons. He's out in the field with the sheep, and they probably smell like sheep when they're out in the field. Um but God sees into his heart. His predecessor, on the other hand, he, he, Saul looks like a king. He looks the part. He's tall. He's described as being very tall, robust, a man's man, a nice beard, big bushy beard, all kinds of things. Um, but his heart was not in it. King Saul was... Well, really, in a lot of ways, he was an awful king. He consulted with sooth soothsayers. He embroiled the kingdom with foreign gods. He got himself into other wars and false wars. Just the kingdom, everything that Samuel was worried about, about a king, when the people of God came to him and said, make us a king, give us a king, Saul did. David did some of it as well, but Saul was certainly the worst of the king. David, when, when David is, comes into the house of Jesse, his father, when, da when uh, Samuel was there for the banquet, he's described as almost like a cute kid. He's ruddy, so he's redheaded. He's handsome in almost a feminine sense. It's the same sort of description that, that Leah is described as, as the wife of, uh, of Jacob. And so he's young, he's barely a teenager, would this be a man that soldiers would follow? And in the Hebrew and the descriptions underneath, it's not really not really described that way. By outward appearances, he has nothing that would make him for make for him to be a good leader. Yet, God again sees the heart and chooses David over Saul. Because David, for all his many faults, which are many, he has, still has this deep and profound love for God. And he becomes the greatest king in the history of the monarchy of Israel. He's the king by which all other kings in Israel are measured. And he's the one. It's David's line that uh, Jesus comes in to fulfill. David, Jesus is in the lineage and line of David. He's a king underneath David. But Jesus is a king like any other, unlike any other king. Because he is a king who rules triumphantly, a perfect kingdom, a kingdom, though not of this world. That distinction between the outward appearance versus the inner uh, dynamic is important. And it's, in, and it's that distinction that comes to the fore in today's gospel passage the God, from the gospel of John with a man born blind. And we see how God picks uh, uh, 
looks into the heart. Jesus looks into the heart to, to hold up the examples. And that distinction in John's gospel between the inner and the outer often gets expressed in this contrast between light and darkness. And so if you read through John's gospel, the gospel according to St. John, it's helpful to pay attention to all those times when day is contrasted with night, when light is contrasted with darkness. Some of the examples I picked up just paging through the gospel is even from the very first moments in the prologue of John's gospel, the first 18 verses of the gospel, the light shines into the darkness and the darkness cannot overcome it. That's verse 5. Nicodemus in chapter 3 comes to Jesus at night out of fear of his fellow members of, of the Sanhedrin. John the Baptist testifies to the light, to Jesus the light from the darkness of prison. And last week, Jesus met the Samaritan woman at noon. And finally, in the, uh, in, in the arrest scene, Judas, who uh, has been betrayed, who has uh, been seduced by the dark side, so, so almost, he comes to the Garden of Gethsemane to arrest Jesus at night and betrays him with a kiss. So often in John's account of the gospel, to meet Jesus during the day was to be brought into a greater amount of light, whereas to meet him at night was subversive, diabolical, hidden. And yet, we can, we, when we who can see who Jesus truly is, when we encounter him and open our eyes to see who he truly is, we are brought from the darkness of sin into the marvelous light of a new relationship with God as was the man who was born blind in our gospel passage today. And what we start to see in this passage is that there is that connection between those who see as ones who dwell in light, in the light of God, versus those who are blind as being ones who dwell in darkness, with their hearts hardened to the presence of God in their midst. And towards the end of the passage, I love this little play on words that John includes. The man who was born blind meets Jesus again, meets the Messiah. And he asks, who is this Messiah? Who is it that I can come and worship him? And I love Jesus's response because it it tells us so much more about this passage. You have seen him and the one speaking with you is he. You have. Not only are you seeing him now, but you saw him before. While you were still blind, you were able to see who the Messiah was. And the Pharisees, well, they look at him and say, well, surely we can see too. You remain in sin, so your blindness remains. You remain closed to what the Messiah is doing, so your blindness remains. Every day in our journey with Jesus, we encounter those whom we could so easily dismiss as this man was. The poor, the blind, the needy the developmentally disabled, the handicapped, whatever. People we could just so easily dismiss as unimportant as this man was. What I found in my life was that those whom society can so easily label as one unwanted or unnecessary are so often way more connected to God than I am, as this blind man was. And they teach me more about the unconditional love of God than I have learned from study, from prayer, from so many other things. And I cherish every encounter I have with that person. And so I think in reflecting on this gospel, a question 
Do you see God active and alive around you? Do you see Jesus in every moment of your life, walking and talking and encountering you? Because he's there. He really is. And when we start to see him, aren't we so able, the goal to be able to echo with the man born blind? I do believe, Lord. Amen. God bless, and I'll talk to you later this week.